Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about baby back bitches and COVID scares. And about COVID scares that you don't alert your close contacts to specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's less COVID scares and more just secret COVID under the dead of night. <laughs> Super fun. Today, it is just going to be the two of us, and we are ready to dive into this weird and wild and extremely poorly edited from a story perspective episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be upfront with everyone. I went on my first couple's getaway since my son was born this weekend and within 48 hours of being on our own I got food poisoning and I'm like not fully recovered and so this all felt like a fever dream to me and maybe just part of my illness um and I think that I'm really relying on you Emma to help me clarify like what just didn't make sense and what was my feverish brain being like what the <laughs> hell is happening. <laughs> I will try my best but I'm going to be honest. I didn't have a lot of clarity even watching this episode <laughs> fully healthy. So we're going to try to muddle through here. It's like a lot happened but also it felt like nothing happened. It is I don't know. I have a lot yeah. of feelings about this episode but I am excited to talk about it with you, Claire. I'm so excited. We are back on our voyage of virgins through the seas of Europe. Um, Rachel and Gabby are finally getting to hang out on one of the many decks of the giant cruise ship because they're headed to Amsterdam. A new European city that we will see a tiny fraction of. <sighs> there are canals, there are bikes, there are tulips, there are children jumping rope. Very idyllic, frankly. I mean, as always, despite showing almost nothing of each city, it did make me want to go there. Absolutely. 
Rachel and Gabby are dressed in their daytime casual wear. They're preparing for their one-on-one dates because they're coming up on hometowns. I, like, lost track of this. But at the- I mean, to be fair, Claire, no narration <laughs> was given. All of a sudden, they were there. They were going on one-on-ones, and they were very serious. Things were getting very real and very serious, and we know this because they said it, not because we, the audience, were prepared uh, with, like, narrative pacing. I feel like they forgot to take us on that gradual slope towards hometowns because there was so much other drama happening. You mean Logan (laughs) slowly stalking the halls of the ship? Yeah, they were like, this week, more of Logan stalking the halls of the ship. Hometowns, who can say when that will be? Um, And so this week, they're doing some catch-up. They're like, oh my god, hometowns, they're actually really important, and they're about to happen. Shit's getting real. Guys, it's all happening. I think maybe that, like, all that extra drama and also them being on the cruise ship is contributing to this weird dystopian sense I have that they're, like, the last people alive and, like, there aren't, there are only, like, four people left, but also 15. Like, it's just, like, I'm not sure what's happening on the season at this point, and it feels very off to me. It's making me feel off kilter. I think it's just very clear that they didn't quite know how to do a two-person season. And they have so much filler in a normal season of The Bachelor Bachelorette that for some reason they were like, let's keep all the filler (laughs) and just cut down on the actual heart of the narrative. Yeah, the filler is the most important part. That's why it's called filler. It fills the show. (laughs) Exactly. So Gabby and Rachel sit down by the canal with some cappuccinos for some girl talk. This looks like frankly, the most fun part of the entire episode. I know. They're like, thank God, a cappuccino with someone I definitely like. (laughs) And they reminisce about the last time they were heading into hometowns, but they don't say the word Clayton. We don't say that word on this show. Not anymore. Clayton who? (laughs) And Rachel asks Gabby who she's bringing on the one-on-one date. And Gabby's like, ooh, I don't know. Dramatic cut to the men's (laughs) respective living quarters on the massive ship. Zach is out here getting ready for Rachel's date. And Nate is going to get Gabby's. Very excited. I, like, did not anticipate Nate getting this date. And then I understood. Yeah. Well, it it was simply a breakup date. Yeah. But we do very early on get an indication that Tino is just continuing his spiral into complete meltdown anxiety. And we do have a clip of what he says. You can't help when you don't get, like, the date card to be like, like, what the Right now, like, all I'm privileged to know is that the scoreboard reads this week that Zach wins the amazing one-on-one. It's traditionally how scoreboards work. Yeah, yeah. They say, like, <laughs> Tino zero, Zach, amazing one-on-one. <laughs> One amazing one-on-one. <laughs> Tino, at this point, truly thinks he should be getting everything. He's like, I should be getting all the one-on-ones. I should be getting all the roses. I should be winning all the competitions. It's confusing to me that that's not happening. Tino was prepared to go on a show that was about four weeks shorter than the actual <laughs> show he's on. So he tells the other guys he needs to go to the gym to do some pouting, which I admire the honesty there. I, I agree. I, that did make me like him <laughs> a little more. I was like, you know what? I, Sometimes you do just need to 
pout privately and I respect that. Yeah. While telling everyone that's what you're going to do. I mean, I, I have a fondness for Tino. I just like every time he says something like scoreboard or winning, I'm just like, that's a little that's a little ding. It's a little ding off of your shiny image oh. for me. I also like Tino, but he is he's having a rough, a rough couple weeks. He's losing it. He's getting a major front runner nosedive syndrome. So Nate, meanwhile, looks completely shocked when he gets the date. He's a little bit more like Taylor Swift winning a Grammy. He's like, me? Yeah. I can't believe it. He's so... Again? <laughs> Again? <laughs> what? He's so giddy, so excited. Their date card says, let's see where our love takes us. Unfortunately, it's headed nowhere. And... <laughs> Gabby knows that, but Nate doesn't know that yet. So before this date, Jesse strolls up to where Gabby and Rachel are sitting in his daytime elevated casual wear. There's a lot of good coats. A lot of good coats this (laughs) this season. And uh, Gabby and Rachel greet him uh, seated. Gabby's like... Gabby's an icon. She's just like, sorry, I don't want to get up. (laughs) <laughs> the honesty, you know, she's like, I could say like, sorry, I can't. Oh, it's so difficult. No, she doesn't want to. Um, And Rachel has to get up and move for Jesse to sit down. So Jesse's like, how's this whole thing going? And they're like, great. Since we last saw you a couple days ago and Rachel's in hysterics, things have really turned around and we're falling in love. Rachel is having a date with Zach. She's like, I really see something long term with him. And Gabby talks about her connection with Nate and how palpable it is, how she hasn't met anyone like him. She's like, I know he's an amazing dad, but to jump into a commitment to be a bonus parent, she'd want to be 100% ready. She looks very emotional. She's like already already fully on the verge of tears. And we're like, okay, it's a breakup date. Yeah, and and Jesse's like, you look emotional. Like, are you sure you're okay? And she's like, yeah, it's just you know, it's just a lot to lot to think about, like a lot of weight on this. Um, But it's clear that she knows what's coming. Yeah, she looks at the camera before Nate arrives on the date, and she's like, Nate does have a daughter. I have to think about both of them when I'm making my decisions. And she lays out again that she like takes the potential of being a mother super seriously because she does have such a fraught relationship with her own mother. And she has seen an example of parenting that really fell short. And she says, I'm terrified of maybe putting someone else in my position or maybe making a wrong decision. And I just, this is, this is tough. This is very tough. And you can see how seriously she's taking it and how much her own history makes her not want to play around with a, a child's emotions. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, to come into a situation um, where you're really jumping in the deep end must be especially daunting um, if you're, if you're in Gabby's position and, and she's being really thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, so they do head off on their one-on-one, but before we get into the date, we probably should, touch a little bit on something that happened outside of the show um, because it it is very much about Nate and his history with women. Yeah, um, it has to do with Nate and, and some of his recent dating history. Yeah. 
So we just want to be clear that we have read Reality Steve's report about Nate's alleged cheating. Um, It is a big bummer. We have kind of complex feelings about the way in which it was shared and kind of how it should impact how all of us feel. Um, I did go on Juliet Lippman's podcast, Bachelor Party, and talked a bit about this. So you can go listen to that episode to hear some more of our thoughts. Um, But, you know, this news obviously puts a damper on our kind of like unabashed love for Nate. And I think the, the tone with which we were talking about him, that like sort of abandon, it's, it's, not really possible to to feel the the same way when you read some really disappointing uh, reports about his dating history. Um, but I think that we are going to try to focus in our conversation about this date now on like what we were shown by the show and specifically about Nate and Gabby's connection. Yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, it's just very difficult to incorporate these kind of outside reports um, that we only get on like some of the contestants when mostly what we're all reacting to are just these very curated, very edited snippets, these these characters. And like, part of the fun of watching the show is like letting yourself crush on the characters or like hate on them a little bit. And it's easy to lose sight of the fact that those aren't necessarily representative of who those people are in real life um, in any dimension, whether they're a villain or kind of a romantic hero. And um, I think that's that's probably the case with Nate. And we do like believe what the women shared. Um, but it's this is just a, a scene in the show that we have to kind of talk about based on primarily what's in front of us. So we're going to try to do that. So Gabby heads off on the date in her little trench coat dress, her knee-high camel boots. A lot of high boots this season, I'm starting to to notice. I'm here for it. I liked these boots. <laughs> As someone with, like, wide calves, um, I just, I resent all the high boots. I, I, I can never find I also have wide calves, Claire. I have recently discovered that they now make a lot more high boots that have, like, stretchy suede like made of stretchier suede and so they will like fit to your leg shape that's innovation i can believe in exactly so she is reflecting on how nate is such a good father and that makes her love him even more and she goes back and forth about whether she wants to be a mom so there are some serious things they need to discuss on this date and so when nate walks up you know Lots of kissing. They're very excited These to see each other. These two have, like, some of the most intense chemistry of anyone on this season. Any combination of people. Yeah. They've, al- they've always had a very, like, uh, lived-in sort of connection to me. Like, yeah. they feel like people who are already in a relationship and are, like, comfortable exactly. uh, with each other. And it turns out Nate has actually been to Amsterdam before in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, I want more timelines. <laughs> I know. On this, I was Nate. Like, like, wait, why? <laughs> like for work? Like, I thought or... you were supposed to be staying home. I, I don't know. I don't, we don't know the circumstances. He was like, literally was everything like... was locked down. And I was like, except they let you in. So like, what was that about? <laughs> I had questions, but that's not the important thing. <laughs> 
the important thing is that Johnny and Logan back at the ship are being forced to have like <laughs> a very stilted and almost scripted conversation about whether Gabby is ready to be a mom and if Nate will come back. Yeah. Logan has been given like a whole speech. He's like, Nate's <laughs> taking care of a child. Presumably that's something Gabby has thought about. But that could very well be something that's discussed and that is a point of conversation during the one-on-one today. Both discussed and a point of conversation. (laughs) Those are separate things. Whether she's ready to step into a motherly role right away. These are all the kinds of things that you can just imagine, Logan. Just Just off the cuff. cuff. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, Johnny's like, yeah, Nate just doesn't need a wife. He needs a new mom for his child who does, to be fair, already have a mom. But... (laughs) She needs a new one as well. (laughs) It was just, I was like, are they both being forced to read off a teleprompter while someone like puts a little knife at their, in their backs? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I assume they do these on like all the one-on-one dates, like trying to get the guys to sit down and discuss why someone might not be coming back or they're talking about on the date. But it does seem in context so much. Like they were just like, so guys, you want to have a chat? Like. Do you really think Gabby's ready to be a mom? Do you yeah, think she like, might want to talk to right? Nate about Nate, that? Right? He he likes his kid. Do you think Gabby's ready for that? Like it just it was so funny because often we know that they're producing these things, but this just you're like this wouldn't be a conversation yeah. they would be having. <laughs> I'm also always like amused. I understand why because it's basically a way of doing like the compliment sandwich, which is like, you know, I have to send you home because you have a child but like you're such a good dad but like it always sounds a little bit like oh well if he wasn't a good dad it would be okay but like he really loves his kid and wants to take care of his kid if he hated his kid then then. it wouldn't even be relevant like they'd never (laughs) see the kid it's fine um so (laughs) nate and gabby are just wandering around amsterdam talking about tulips which are nowhere in sight but you know they are in amsterdam and They seem to be having a great time, but I'm already starting to get a little freaked out because the date activity has not begun. There's no date activity in evidence. There should be one by now. So what's coming? There should be. (laughs) Nothing good. (laughs) I think we have a little clip of what Gabby has to say here. Nate is an amazing person and an amazing father. I know he is, but... I have more healing and growing to do before I become a mom. And my life isn't in a place where I can fully commit and take on that responsibility wholeheartedly. Yeah. This really broke my heart. She starts to kind of break down just talking to the camera. And she even says, like, I'm not sure if I should have done this earlier. Like, am I doing this too early? Am I doing this too late? It's clearly something that she, that's been weighing on her for a while. And this was another moment where I was like, why haven't we seen her start to express anxiety about this? Like in a conversation with Rachel or something. Yeah. It does seem like they dropped the ball on sort of seeding that narrative. I do think we got some early, early mentions like on yes. their one-on-one date. But that I was think like, you and I guessed that this is how that would go because they did leave like a very tiny hint. But we didn't see her having the thought of like, things are getting so serious. I'm really into Nate. Yeah. But I'm thinking more about what it would mean to actually 
date him long term. Yeah. Like they we like just didn't get any of that. They laid the initial groundwork on like in like episode two or something, and then by the right. time that it actually happens, they just have ignored it and for like five episodes. <laughs> So it comes like a little bit out of nowhere, despite being a very logical thing to have happen. So they sit down on a random bench. Oh, this is so bad. There is no elderly couple on the bench here to offer them life advice. So clearly it's a breakup. And Gabby just basically immediately starts weeping and apologizing. Heaving ragged sobs while telling him like, don't be scared. And, and it's like, like, he should Gabby, be scared, whatever he's he scared of. Scared. Yeah, what's he going to be scared of? Like, that you're sending him home. That's, in co- contextually, that's the only reason he would be scared. So, he should be scared. Uh, I found this entire breakup to be really, really emotional. And it felt, again, it had that lived-in feel. Like, you're, it felt like this was an actual relationship that came to an impasse. And she, you know, is again, crying throughout this entire thing. She says, I have such deep feelings for you. And he's like, please don't cry. And she continues and she says, I never want to say goodbye, but I think we're just in two different places in our life. It's not you, it's me. I know that's so cliche, but I'm terrified of not just being a mom, but being bad at it. But I see you and I know you're such a good dad. Oh. Yeah, and she can, like, barely get this out through all of the No, she, like, ragged, ragged sobs. Like, she is... Yeah. It feels like she's in the middle of a panic attack doing this breakup. Yeah. Um, And she says, you know, I know if I were to meet your daughter, I would fall in love because I know she's so much like you and my feelings get deeper every time I see you. And Nate is quiet for a while, um, just trying to gather himself and then he says when the time comes i know you're going to be a great mom and that he's never met anyone as sweet as her i would never be upset at you for being truthful this like made really made me emotional watching it it's just very sweet it was very sweet it was a very mature breakup and it also it was just sometimes relationships don't work out and it's not because of emotion yeah i also am gonna say and i know we don't want to (laughs) reference the outside (laughs) allegations too much but like we can see in this breakup how important it is to tell your partner if you have a child yeah like that is very relevant information one of the allegations made by his ex of a year and a half is that she never knew about his daughter and only not found until out. The Bachelorette. Exactly. Which and like is very weird. That is weird. And it's a huge thing to keep from someone for exactly this kind of reason. You can love someone a lot and and care about them and want a future with them, but that doesn't mean that you're ready to take that on. And yeah. to withhold and that information is it doesn't do anyone any favors and it is dishonest. And I also yeah. think like it is a hard thing you know, single parents do face an added barrier in their dating lives. And that is a hard thing, but it's also a reality because you don't want to be with someone and you don't want someone who is going to commit to you and, and not be committed to what your life actually entails. And so to me, this conversation just felt, it felt very adult in a way that we often don't see on this show because the show makes such an effort to kind of shield the people involved from talking about most 
real life things other than like, oh, I overcame this trauma and that's why I'm now like qualified to be your husband. Like this is like, this just felt like a real, a real world thing and a real world breakup. Um, And I'll say that Nate does handle it well. You know, he says somebody's going to be so lucky to feel like you picked them. Just be sure to choose somebody who picks you. Like, I know you will. And it they they walk off together hand in hand. Like, it's a very affectionate and sweet relationship to the end. They share a few more kisses. They part. Um, and Gabby's, like, says to the camera, she's like, I want to go into motherhood 100% and I can't do that right now. Uh, but it sucks because I'm maybe falling in love with this person. Yeah. I mean, have we... We really have – she's only the second bachelorette that I can think of that has expressed any trepidation about having kids and maybe said, like, she doesn't know if she ever wants to have kids. Yeah, I don't feel like I have a strong, like, archive of that in my mind right now. But, like, Katie Katie said referenced it. Katie was basically like, I would be open to that with the right person. Um. To the point of even being like, yeah, I would be ready to be a stepmom if that's the decision that that we both True. made. Um, Gabby, you know, see, I, I do think she is the most I can remember um, the most uh, in doubt about it. Like, yeah. she's truly like, maybe I want it, but like, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Um Usually it's so enthusiastic. It's like, why would I be here if I didn't want a family? Which is right. interesting because then I feel like often they go on to have like really exciting careers and like they're like, ah, <laughs> oh, kids, that seems like a lot of like extra. <laughs> I know there is. Like, it's just a, like what hilarious. you it's just what you have to say to be bachelorette or at least it used to be. And hopefully that's not the case anymore. Yeah, it is such an odd. I think I notice it more now that I'm like maybe having those conversations with myself and I appreciate any, you know, show of of doubt or confusion because I think that's how a lot of people actually feel. A lot of people are grappling with those decisions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So back at the ship, the men see Nate's suitcase being taken away and they gasp. <gasps> he was a good guy, said Logan. <laughs> Logan is just like delivering Nate's eulogy. Like, Nate, <laughs> we hardly knew him. Yeah, he was a good man. It's over now. It's over for Nate. I do think that like the sh- the being on this this ship and the bowels of the ship at all times with like four people on this giant <laughs> ship makes them feel like they're the last people alive. <laughs> like true. I truly because I feel that way watching it. Um, oh. One of the amazing and cool things about doing this on a cruise ship that I actually love and I hope they continue to do. Uh, So on that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about Rachel's one-on-one. Can you keep up? I like, love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even 
connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables. From Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back and it's time for Rachel's one-on-one, which like fully feels like it's taking place on a different show. Again, the 
tone is just all over the place this it episode. Is. It's a different journey. It's a separate journey. It's Rachel's journey. It's a whole different show. That's why she's in the tulips, not just talking about the tulips. Right. She is in a gigantic tulip field. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Also, I was like, I bet that like actually being there, it, you just can't capture in a wide yeah. shot. Um, just to be surrounded by tulips as far as the eye can see. So she is with Zach in the tulip fields and they're taking Polaroids, making out, riding cute bikes with baskets around and making out some more in front of windmills. I, I couldn't help but think of <laughs> icon Hannah Brown. They were like, it's been a few years. It's We're ready to bring back windmills. Yeah, like, remember windmills? They're <laughs> sexy. They're sexy as hell. This is Make a- out in front of that. This is a good date to me. This is like something that... This is that, a great date. This feels like a high school thing to me. It's like, we can't like drink, but we can, <laughs> we can go take Polaroid photos of each other and ride bikes. It's but like very elevated innocent because they're in a, a European field of flowers. Yeah. Like it is very idyllic. They're also getting to like stop on the side of the road while they're biking and like eat some cheese, which to me is... A plus date. Yeah, Rachel Rachel's gets a lot of cheese this episode. She's apparently a cheese enthusiast, and I, I continue yeah. to relate to her. She's a cheese head. They also try on wooden clogs. They buy lemonade from some tiny children by the side of the road. The kids must be so confused. I'm sure the kids were <laughs> thoroughly, and their parents, because they appear on camera, they must have been thoroughly, like, vetted and yes. signed full contracts. <laughs> At one point, actually, in Amsterdam, a woman walks by with her face blurred out, which was such a wild reminder to me that if anyone appears on camera, they have to they get have them to, get, to sign a release. Yeah, they have to sign releases. And this woman, I guess, was just like, nah. No thanks. <sighs> um, so, naturally, this adventure ends in a hot tub. They were just like, like, this date feels too normal, too high school, uh, too just regular vacation to Europe. Flying the interns, have them put together a (laughs) makeshift hot tub right in the middle of this field of tulips. Oh, it is wild. Like, they step behind, like, two walls to change into their uh, bathing suits. I just have to say, in a lot of ways, Rachel had some good looks this episode. I was deeply offended by this very weird bikini that Carrie Fetman put her in. Like, again, Rachel is one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. What this was, I don't know what this swimsuit, it didn't even look like the two pieces were meant to go together. It just happened so quickly that I was sort of like, huh? And then they were in the hot tub and I I did go back and like rewatch it five (laughs) times because I was like, am I, is my eye just confused? No, it's just a random white bottom with like, a two different shades of pink top that has like the oddest color blocking. I don't know. I don't know why I'm on my soapbox about this bikini, but I mean, to me, I'm just, just like, wanted better for if her. you can't find the right bikini, just don't show the shot of them revealing their swimsuits. You know, it's also, they like are wearing sneakers. And I was like, this all feels like you forgot there was going to be a hot tub portion. And then you just had to like, grab a bikini at a gift shop and like whoops we don't have sandals like you know it just felt a little a little undercooked uh style wise also it's like why would there be a hot tub there it's so weird they're like in the (laughs) middle of this like agricultural like size field of tulips like we're growing industrial levels of tulips here and also a hot tub tulip farmers need to take a break (laughs) In the middle of their hard, hard day. Honestly, and they like, deserve it. They do. They're like, we need a hot tub. 
and a bottle of champagne with a tiny, tiny little table. And if anyone deserves uh, a hot tub and a bottle of champagne as much as a hardworking tulip farmer, it's Rachel because she's really been through it. Honestly, yes. So they get into the hot tub. Zach is just like super into Rachel. He's like, Here, here's my chance to just tell Rachel how excited I am about our connection. It's like, I love all the silly things we laugh about together. What are what do they have in common? Planes is Planes, the big one. It's all we know. Also, I was like, what do you laugh about together <laughs> other than how crazy it is that you both looked at planes as children? I, f- I almost forgot this, but like Zach was also featured in this random cryptocurrency story this week oh in the LA God. Times. Did you see this? Oh my God. Our, our uh, former colleague... Nick Bauman did alert us to this story. Yeah. And basically his dad, Zach's dad, was like the lead anecdote as someone who like was tipped off to cryptocurrency by his by his tacky son, son Zach, <laughs> and who like put a bunch of his savings into Celsius. His retirement. And like can't access it anymore because like crypto is like having a total meltdown. Celsius filed for bankruptcy, I believe, and all of the assets are frozen. It's yeah. It's pretty fucked up. It's and terrible. I'm just really sad for Zach's dad now. Me too. He's a like a f- retired firefighter who like just wants to enjoy a nice retirement. Like give Zach's dad back his retirement savings. I hate this country. I was just like, I, I saw it and I was like, you know, when I saw the Chiron 25-year-old tech executive I should have known there would be some sort of crypto dirt that was going to come forward. Like that he told his dad, like, oh, invest in Celsius. And now his dad can't get his retirement savings. It's so horrible. Like how many Bachelor and other reality dating contestants do you think have like talked their family into investing in crypto? Probably like, I think we're going to pass 50% within the next year. Yeah. Um, There's just been an explosion of crypto contestants. So aside from crypto and planes, Zach also loves hometowns. And his family. And his family. <laughs> he never meant any harm. He's ready and confident. He's like, I know my family will love you and you will love them. And Rachel's like, I'd be so honored to meet the people who raised you. She's like, it's me. I'm in a field of tulips. I'm in Holland. I have an incredible guy with me. This is, this is, wait for it. This is just like a fairy tale. It's just like a fairy tale. Someone's got to do it every season. Rachel was like, I'll take one for the team. That that, tra- that traditional fairy tale scene where you're wearing a collar block de- bikini in a hot tub <laughs> in a field. And it's a classic. <laughs> for the night portion of the date, Rachel this is my maybe my favorite look of Rachel's from this episode. She looked beautiful. She's wearing a red mini dress with enormous sleeves. I wrote voluminous in all caps in the notes. They're so full. This is like a, a, a puff sleeve like this. I don't like on myself, but I love on other people. So I was Me too. Like, <gasps> this is the kind of thing that I would want to buy and that my boyfriend would like mock me to the ends of the earth. Men don't understand puff <laughs> sleeves. Anne of Green Gables understood puff sleeves, but men don't. Um, so they are having dinner at Amsterdam's famous Rijks Museum. Yeah, I should have looked up a pronunciation. It is that like the National Museum. 
Yeah, it's basically compared to to like the Met in New York City. They are surrounded by incredible panels of stained glass as they sit down for dinner. There are like Dutch masters all around them. Like if it's really beautiful, this museum looks gorgeous. It's re- it's actually this was one of those things. I'm like that is actually so cool to be able to have private access to a massive classical art museum like but then they keep pulling you away to be like how excited are you to talk to rachel tonight about your feelings and you're like i was really getting into some of those dutch masters over there i was trying to look at there's a pretty good vermeer that i was uh really just starting to look at the brushwork um so zach is feeling excited uh i frankly was getting very distracted because i mean they just set up the shot for these itms in front of like one of the columns that's and there are many in the museum but the one that he's in front of is just a column of like stars of david like jewish stars and i was like what is happening and then i went down a rabbit hole and i had to look up the interiors <laughs> of the museum and i was like no that is a column in this museum but it was distracting it's representation it's beautiful i know i was like is this a jewish museum no it's just huh. there are just some stars of david <laughs> I completely did not notice that at all. Um, So Zach tells Rachel that he hasn't had any doubts about her meeting his family, but that not many people have, I guess. He's only brought two people home, two serious relationships he's had. One was his high school sweetheart, and the other relationship ended a little over a year ago. It's unclear how this ended again the editing or maybe it's just the way Zach tells this story. I, I, I was very confused. Like clearly he's gearing up to like talk about some trauma. It was unclear to me whether that was sparked by the relationship or by the end of the relationship. Yeah. It was a little confusing. It seems like he felt it was connected in some way. And so he wanted to use it as a jumping off point to kind of talk about this thing he had prepared to talk about. Um, But it was a little unclear to me. He's like, and that had to do with this thing that is key to the man I am today, which is um, he has a weight loss backstory. I think we have a clip actually. About a couple of years ago, I was about 85 pounds more than I am now, severely overweight. Um, I've realized that I was not happy and I didn't have anything that resembled like love for myself. So when I was trying to seek that in others, I couldn't find it, even if it would maybe was right in my face, couldn't do it. So I needed to make sure that I myself became whole and figured out what was the problem, how do I fix it, and then once I'm whole, I want to share that love with someone. So, God. This was confusing to me for a few reasons. It, obviously, it brought up a lot of um, of the things that we've, you know, been talking about with, like, the Roses for Every Body campaign and why the way that fatness is engaged with on this show feels particularly fucked up you know, because there is zero fat representation on the show. Um, and so when weight is addressed, it is 
basically always as like I had this trauma of being in a larger body, but then I overcame that and now I'm in a smaller body and like that's the the true me. Right. And the me the me that is capable of that me that ha- that has self-love and that is worthy of receiving love. Right. And it, it's interesting because this story, like the 85 pounds, that didn't even need to be in there. He literally could have said a few years ago, I realized I wasn't happy. I didn't have self-love. I needed to make sure I could become whole. Like all of that really has nothing to do with your body, right? Like yeah. he's, what he's describing is something very, very much internal and mental, Um, But he is ascribing that and connecting that to what sounds like a weight fluctuation that a lot of people experience over the course of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it is very uh, frustrating to see that these stories are continually like the only kind of reference even made to to fatness on these shows that it's just like synonymous with being unhappy and unlovable and lacking in self-esteem um and that's just a false connection right like there is a a truth to living in a larger body opens you up to fat discrimination and fat stigma like that and that can be a trauma in itself but that is not your, the body isn't the trauma, right? Like other people's treatment and the culture's hatred is is the site of any trauma. Um, and I think people have a really hard time separating those things. And I also think, you know, this is something that um, Aubrey Gordon, who does the maintenance phase pod, talks about a lot is like the way in which formerly fat or formerly just like people who have existed in like bigger bodies than the one they're currently in um, often make a point of like distancing themselves from that experience. Um, And it's just, it's just like a fucking bummer. And this isn't an attack on Zach. It just, it's indicative of a lot of really shitty cultural dynamics. Yeah. And like this isn't to discount like what is true for Zach about about this story. It's just very um it's such a limiting narrative and it's the right. only one that we ever see on this show and it it does you know it it does perpetuate uh these harmful beliefs and understandings about fatness that 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 is how the show always represents it. And so so that was like I think that was the second time we've had that this season, that story. Um, was it? I feel I've like literally <laughs> blacked out. It's all, I know it's all that moving it's happened so before. fast. Um, but Rachel um, asked what steps he took to get himself to that place. I truly had a moment where I was so terrified <laughs> that he was going to be like, I followed this diet. Let me give you some weight loss tips. But blessedly... He in, instead he talks about therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's you know that's the important thing um, is addressing those. Like the the inability to love yourself is something that therapy is going to help you with a lot more. Yes. Um, and they both are big therapy fans. Uh, Rachel is like literally thrilled when he says therapy. <laughs> She's like, "You love therapy? I love therapy." 
apparently she went into therapy, which uh, seemed wise after Clay- coming off of Clayton's season. And she's like, it was the best part of my week. Oh, and Rachel. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes you like go into those there and you're just like, I know I'm going to feel just like a weight is lifted off my shoulders when I come out of therapy. Yeah. I mean, I love therapy, but that statement from her, I was just like, wow, that also is really (laughs) indicative of what a bad place you were in after that season. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no surprise there. Um, So they are just bonding over therapy. And then Zach tells Rachel that he's falling in love with her. And he like doesn't really know. It's like he almost like says it too soon. And then he's like, I didn't I don't know what to say next. So He's like, yeah, I'm I'm I am falling in love with you. And yeah, it's crazy. And she is thrilled. She kisses him. She's ecstatic. She offers him the rose. She's like, I'd love to meet your family. And then they explore the museum. Again, this is a great date from from morning to night. This is a fantastic date. They got to like frolic in a field of tulips, ride some bikes. Yeah. Eat cheese and explore a beautiful and iconic art museum by themselves and then go outside. And instead of a Z-list country singer, they get a semi-private string quartet. They keep finding ways to like, so this is an incredible date. Gabby didn't really get a one-on-one date this week. Last week, Rachel didn't get a group date. I feel like they keep finding ways to not have to plan. (laughs) All four they're just like, uh, They're just like, we gave Rachel all the good Amsterdam stuff. So, like, fortunately, Gabby doesn't need one this week. So, again, <laughs> again, it's like they have to, like, each of them has to suffer one week. Like, yeah. no one is allowed to just have a good week. No. Like, or, or if one has a good week, the other one must suffer. And it's like, I'd like to have a good week. So, can you just put that together for me? Um. So they enjoy the museum. They enjoy the semi-private string quartet. Very romantic. But back at the ship, Gabby knows she has to go explain herself to the men. She's walking through the halls of the ship, shaky, a little weepy. She, She meets the guys in their quarters. And she's like, well, Nate isn't here. And they're like, yeah. She is so emotional. Like, her voice is breaking. She's like, you know, I'm just not at a point in my life where I can be a mom. And as she's expressing this, she seems to catch herself in how open she's being. And her voice breaks. And she's like, sorry, you guys are probably really freaked out. And they're like, no, we love it. Every, this is great. Can we give you a hug? And then they have a hug party. Yeah, that did seem sweet. And I will say, like, Johnny did a great job in this moment. Like, he did not pause. He was just like, no, we've been talking about you all day. Like, we've been hoping that you're okay. We've been thinking about you. Like, we're here for you. Yeah. I understand why she likes Johnny. Yeah, Johnny is is growing on me. Um. Also, he was wearing boots that just, like, looked like little elven boots or something. I was like... He's just one of those dudes <laughs> who's just, like, always wearing, like, some cool <laughs> lace-up boots with, like, his jeans just, like, tucked in and bunched his right hair above. hair flopping into his eyes. Yeah. Um, he's, like, hipster dirtbag vibes. Yeah. He and Logan are actually not super dissimilar <laughs> in their 
his style. And yet, and yet. somehow Johnny's personality really changes the, oh. the like overall feeling. Also, it's not all just about fashion. Interesting. Um, so the next morning, Gabby puts on a houndstooth coat and she stares pensively off the off the ship. She woke up sad about Nate, but the men have all been so understanding. And now she's full of hope for her group date. Yay, it's time to have some brief fun before she suffers again. Yeah. Logan, Spencer, Jason, Eric, and Johnny are just like prancing into Amsterdam, <laughs> so excited. They're like, maybe we get to, you know, see some canals and some tulips. No. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we will be hiding inside for our date again. <laughs> In a um, dungeon. They're like, what, they're are, like, we what do- are we doing today, Gabby? And she's like, that's for me to know and you to find out. And they're like, you know, she can see them from so far away, but none of them are like really hustling. And they all start doing like weird voices. And dances. That's just the energy. Yeah, and dances. And Gabby's like, come on, give mama a hug. It's so funny what because it's so true that like Rachel's guys are much more in the traditional earnest bachelor yeah. mold of like, who's gonna race out there and give Rachel a hug first? And Gabby's guys is like, oh. Cameras were on us. Time to do a goofy little jig. We're a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) Like it is so, it is so funny. And it really does show you how a lead's preferences can completely change the kind of season that you end up with. And like who ends up rising to the, to the fore. That is like actually my favorite thing. I think about the two bachelorette season is just, yeah. Seeing how they, they shape their group at the end. Um, and so the date card said, let's take our love to the edge. And we yeah, should have known it's a sexual Gabby, edge. Gabby is wearing a leather mini skirt. So we Ooh. should have known. She's to be full fair, business casual on the top. I feel like she would have worn a leather mini, <laughs> mini skirt if they were doing literally anything. That is, that is true. She loves the sexy witch look. But I thought that this was very like Maggie Gyllenhaal and yeah. secretary vibes almost. <laughs> so they go inside a dark building and under red, red lights, a woman in a tight leather outfit did, is cracking did you know, a long whip. Did you know about the red light district, Claire? Well, I know now, thanks to The Bachelor. This is family I entertainment. Like, I was like, guys, I think we just need to have like a long conversation about how sex work is work, um, mm-hmm. labor rights for sex workers well i assume that's I not assume, the direction this went in but. no i mean it wasn't a seminar but i i think that like they probably paid this woman to sexually lightly violate all of them and that's so important so the woman uh, i think her name is Susie. yes Susie. she's like i'm here to whip you in shape and these men look immediately so deeply uncomfortable yeah they're like i don't want that though no um she's like people from all over the world come to amsterdam to explore their fantasies and do dirty things gabby's like you know beep knocking boots beep hinky pinky bleep they're like how otherwise known as Sex. How can we say that there's legalized sex work in Amsterdam without like we can't saying just say it, it? But like that is that is what we're talking about here. Um, so, so Susie asked the guys, "How many of you know how to treat a woman in the bedroom?" And the, the men are clearly are like, like, "What's the right answer? Do we like 
not right ra- and i was like guys they should be afraid because as soon as one of them raised his hand i was like i don't think he knows how to treat a woman anymore it's too really confident. i was kind of like i think johnny i kind of believe johnny i does. you know what he raised his hand and i was like no i don't trust you anymore wow i had the opposite reaction <laughs> johnny was like i mean and i was like you know what i feel like that's a man that goes down on women i don't know why i just well uh, unfortunately the ant the the questions and answers that they get are too censored for me to have any idea of who does what i know eric has a really funny reaction that i appreciated he's like i mean i thought i did but now that you ask like i think i don't <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like maybe i don't now see that's uh, that's the kind of insecurity that i think motivates a man uh in the bedroom yeah so- frankly that was um that made me like him so the woman has them start by picking safe words. I think we have a little clip. Um, pumpkin. A pumpkin? Pumpkin. Okay. Cruise ship. Cruise ship. <laughs> um, uh, Albuquerque? <laughs> that fits you well. You can't really confuse that word with any other word, right? How about like asbestos <laughs> or something like that? My safe word was asbestos. It's a toxic chemical. It's just unwanted, especially in the bedroom. That's fair, Logan. But yeah, it does seem good point. It does seem Logan. hard to say in the heat of the moment. It's not, I know. I have a tongue twister. Pumpkin, it would be easier. I did enjoy that Jason picked cruise ship. He was, he like, was like, I want nothing to, no, none of my sexuality should be involved in that cruise ship. I, I, I appreciate that it seemed like he was sort of doing the thing where you like have to think of a fake name and you just like look around the room and you're like, uh, he's like, Mr. Stapler. <laughs> I wanted to know. I'm like, Spencer, tell me more about where, how you came to Albuquerque. Well, he's like, I, you're not going to mix it up with anything else. I mean, it was, that was a good point. I just, it was real. This is the kind of insight that I want into these men is like when yeah. they have to reach for a random safe word. Where does their mind go? I see. I feel like Johnny went classic safe word produce, kind of yes. goofy sounding produce, pineapple, pumpkin, yeah. you know, zucchini. Jason, again, just looking around the room word to see what's there. He's like, what is something I've seen recently? Cruise ship. Spencer is like, what's a really weird word that like no one ever says? Albuquerque. Logan is like, what is a word that means something that's bad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we don't get to see Eric's and now I'll just forever be wondering. Yeah, we should. What is Eric's? We should for? DM him. So the the woman starts grilling them about whether they like doing certain things sexually. I, I started to like get she, very uncomfortable. Me too. I was like, and I the, they, the men seem to have the appropriate reaction. I think she asked Jason, like, do you, it sounded like she was asking him about oral sex. But it seems like that's like what all of them, all of the questions seemed like to me. And I was like, (laughs) is that just what my brain fills in when there's something bleeped? Yeah. You're like, tell me more about going down on a woman. Um, Yeah. But Jason is just, Jason is not meant for reality TV. He's like, this is my worst nightmare. He's like, this is my worst nightmare. For me, my worst nightmare is having to play sports on television. But, you know, me and Jason, we're I'm we're sorry. Different. If you gave me this date or playing sports on television, I would definitely pick playing sports on television. I don't know, because this is like, it's all going to be bleeped out. I mean, I wouldn't want to have clamps on my nipples <laughs> on television, but like they wouldn't do that to women. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, because our nipples are look. too obscene to be e- Exactly, depicted. exactly. And we would benefit in that way. <laughs> Um, I mean, this is, I will say, when they gave Rachel the horrible seduction date, I was like, they should have given this to Gabby. 
but they had this one in their back pocket for Gabby. They were like, we can't. Yeah. So I, one, one to each. So I, I understand now. And so but, the men start being like, I don't have to answer that. Like, I'll talk to Gabby personally about that. I'm not going to tell you. And Susie's like, you have to answer or I'll use my whip. Eric is like, that's fine. Just whip me. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk about my sexual predilections she, on national TV, which fair. She asked Johnny if he slept with more than 10 women. And he's like, uh, do you know who I am? And Gabby's like, Johnny is from Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, the woman's like 20, 30, 100. It sounded to me like between 30 and 100 based on his reactions. Yeah. I mean, between I between this and Gabby's joke about it and Tyler Cameron's uh, memoir slash advice book. <laughs> My impression is that, like, Florida's just a bacchanal. Like, everyone's just banging all the time, apparently. And if that's not the case, then they only have Floridian Bachelorette contestants to blame for the misrepresentation. They're just, like, I down mean, there in Florida. Are, there are worse misrepresentations. <laughs> uh, next, they do some tickling with feathers. Most of the guys are, like, really hating this, which creates this weird dynamic where... They're being sort of pinned down and tickled. I don't like it. Will. Like Johnny I, is the only one who's sort of like having a good time with it. That seems to be just like in his personality. He's like, whatever, roll with anything. And the other men are just deeply uncomfortable. And so then they're like, I guess we'll attach clamps to your nipples while you're blindfolded and don't know what's happening. Yeah. And therefore cannot consent to it. I don't know. It made me feel weird. Yeah. It's like, I get that they did this whole thing with safe words, but like, did any of them actually feel empowered to use their safe words? I don't think so. Because this whole scenario is just like, impress Gabby by how much you're willing to do. Personally, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I agree. Logan is like, I thought today we'd be diving deep into, you know, who each of us really is. But instead, I'm on the ground waiting for Gabby to rub whipped cream onto my nipples. I mean, Logan's got some good one liners this episode. But also, I'm like, it's a group date. Like, would you think you'd be sitting in a circle like sharing that AA style? Yes. He's like, I've seen them do that. (laughs) But usually it's an earlier date. Like the ship has sailed on that one. Um yeah, I don't know what he was expecting. He was hoping. He was but, hoping for that quality time. But in like, this moment, is... I was like, is Logan going to suddenly be like, oh, no, Gabby is like the wrong woman for me because she wants to rub whipped cream on my nipples instead of they really deep. Is he going to walk say, away? Logan's arc, this is truly the most anticlimactic end for a villain <laughs> I I've ever seen in my life. And they like didn't even try. Obviously, <laughs> normally after a goofy day date and they all end this seeming to like be laughing, having a lot of fun. Gabby's really excited about getting into, you know, more serious conversations at night, but something's going to go wrong. Yeah. We cut to the night date and Logan is simply missing. Logan and the is men are like, always simply Logan? missing. Logan's whole thing is that he's not where you expect him to be. And he is where you don't expect him to be. <laughs> So in a way, I was just like, of course Logan's not there. Why would Logan be there? You think he's going to be there. That's exactly what he's not going to do. Jesse, I was like, oh, my God. He got so upset about the whipped cream on, cream on the nipple. He left. He, he left. self-eliminated. Jesse goes to knock on Gabby's door, rubbing his hands together so noisily. And Gabby is 
something very elegant in her sleek ponytail and glittery yellow I am dress. angry that this dress, this outfit, didn't get to, like, go out on the town. I know. As she was being like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I was like, are you disappointed that this outfit is not going to get a really good outfit. Um, Jesse tells her that Logan tested positive for COVID-19. Well, first, he's like, I know, I know you're looking forward to this date, but there's been a situation with one of your guys. And I'm like, she's expecting like something emotionally traumatic. And then he's like, Logan has COVID. And she just says, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, so out of an abundance of caution, we're canceling the party. And Gabby's like, well, I hope he knows we all wish him the best and want him to get better fast. And just we care about his health. And yeah. I mean, rough for Logan. No one else got COVID and he got COVID. I mean, apparently, apparently not. Um, It's it's unfortunate. Also, I was like, it truly is such a wild thing about this show that it's like one of this one of these people could be your husband, but not if it's someone who gets COVID this week, then they are irrelevant to you because then yeah, he's just like, gone. What would, what would they have done if it was one of her actual front runners? Like, I feel like they would have figured it out. They would have done some sort of quarantine pause filming. Like, I don't know. They would have they wouldn't have like just disappeared him the way Logan is maybe disappeared. Maybe they would I have. Maybe, maybe they, they would have. have. But I do I do think if it was like Eric that Gabby would have, I don't Jason. know. Jason. Or Jason. Like I do think it would have played out differently. But this is so odd because no, at no point does anyone say and therefore Logan will not be continuing on this journey. Like uh, Jesse yeah. doesn't say it. Gabby doesn't say it. They're all just like, hope he gets well soon, wherever he is. I assume quarantined in a separate part of the ship. Like, I get why they couldn't film him, but also, like, it's just, I like, don't know. It's bad storytelling. They canceled this date out of a quote unquote abundance of caution. They've all been directly exposed to COVID. Right. They've all still, she's been licking his nipples and or whatever. Then, and then like, what happens? <laughs> Um, or licking they just go back to normal him. after like a day and a half and i'm sorry that's simply not the length the cdc mandated length of quarantine let alone an actually effective length of quarantine because like we CDC have no idea for no reason what they did but it's just the whole thing i mean i assume that every that these that everyone's being tested daily for covid probably they probably just have like a mandatory daily test but no, it's they're just, definitely doing like a test to stay like they do at my son's daycare now <laughs> but, it's but, then, very... but then why don't you all just do a test and do this party it's just like i don't know right it doesn't it doesn't really make sense and then it continues to make even less sense when jesse joins the cocktail party to tell the men what's been going on we have a clip as you can probably tell by now logan's not here there has been a situation with logan and because of that, there is no after party. Can you tell us if he's okay? Logan's doing okay. Yeah, Logan's doing okay. Okay. What? Like, why? We just saw him tell Gabby that Logan tested positive for COVID. Why did he not then tell the men the same thing? It is just really bizarre. I assume they were eventually told, but it just, again, this it's is just also- bad storytelling it does not make any sense right like it's also definitely possible that he told them in that scene and it got cut out like Spencer's like is Logan okay right that could be a reaction to how vague everything is or it could be a reaction to being like oh he has COVID is he okay but they 
to not why did they cut that it that is weird it's so, it is it so bizarre creates the sense that they're that they were like trying to keep the men in the dark yeah, like trying to A, not tell them they've been directly exposed to COVID and B, just trying to manipulate their emotions into feeling extra anxious. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, and, and then we just simply never see Logan again. We never see and Logan that, again. And, and that scene that they keep teasing where Jesse is like, Logan, you have to pack your bags, simply never happens. And so I do wonder if that either happened earlier and they were just cutting it in um yeah that's my guess but because probably none of the crew can like be near logan once he has covid yeah i'm sure that that they reap that they either had that from when he was with making the this transition or that jesse sat down with him was like because you have covid you're going home and that didn't get aired but because when we find out quote unquote that he's going home it's just two days later from Gabby being like, and now Logan's gone forever. So it's just the rest of the guy. And it's like, wait, what? That was not, that was not said. Um, okay. Also, we know Logan is being quarantined just in on a different floor of this giant ship. I, I don't know. There seems like nowhere could be a safer place to quarantine than on that ship, which is again for like 5,000 people. And they're only like a hundred, 200. <laughs> um, so, it's now time for Rachel's group date. Rachel's just having a very normal pre-hometown week, and Gabby's is just completely fucked. Yeah. Poor poor Gabby. Rachel is ready to have a good week, though. It's been a long time coming, and she's, I mean, she had the incredible tulip date, and now a cheese date. Like, she is living the absolute dream. She's like, yes. She's got a, her date card said, I'm looking for someone that's going to melt my heart. In Belgium, that would mean chocolate. And in the Netherlands, it means cheese. So she meets the guys. Tino, of course, sprints out ahead of the group to give her the first hug because he's got a very winning. Also, there are Tyler, Avon, and Ethan. They are in Adam, the cheese capital of the world. I didn't know this was the cheese capital of the world. There is like... um, a way in which it like crops up in like uh like literary history that like pe- people using edam as being like oh he has a face like an edam that means like it looks like a big wheel of cheese oh my god but i was like oh i haven't even thought about the fact that it's like a place where they make cheese wait that's very funny okay <laughs> i'm learning so much i love when the bachelorette teaches me things it's and all it's all Claire. connected all the different kinds of culture and cheese of the world I was just excited that Rachel finally got a really super cute day outfit. She's wearing this like Mm. flowy white, like slightly crop top, a white leather jacket and really cute wide leg jeans with like a ripped, a rip at the knee and some like platform heels. She just, this is a, this is a cool outfit. And I feel like it's something she would like, yeah, she would like actually wear this outfit. Yeah. And they are gonna just be having a fun day sampling cheeses and deadlifting giant wheels of cheese as you do um and while they're at the market hanging out the guys start trying to steal her for one-on-one time avon grabs her first tyler is like freaking out he's like we're all in so deep with rachel at this point the feelings are real 
I can't let this one get away. I'm very nervous for Tyler. I'm very I'm, nervous. I'm like, you're 25. Like, how many, like, so many things he said this episode. I was just like, how many girlfriends have you had that you were, like, convinced were the one? And, like, what, like, at such a young age. I'm concerned. Like, he's like, they keep getting away. Not this one. <laughs> I'll do whatever I have to do. <laughs> uh, Tino steals her next and they make out. And he's like, I like talking to you, too. And she's like, we can talk later. She's like, I'm trying to get some good makeouts in. I've been doing a lot of crying. Uh, poor Ethan is like, well, I'm lactose intolerant. Um, so <laughs> this sucks. But Rachel loves cheese, so I love cheese. And I'm like, Ethan, you don't have to eat the cheese for Rachel Ethan's to like, like you. I will do anything for love. Also, please don't eat the cheese for Rachel. It is beyond obvious that you're going home this week. Like, you're the <laughs> only one who hasn't, like, had any one-on-one time with her, really. And Even Ethan knows Ethan's going home. Ethan's like very clear headed. Yeah, he's so just, just he's like just don't having eat a good the time. Cheese. Don't eat the cheese. <laughs> um, also, because then Tyler was like rolling so deep with Rachel at this point, and I was like, and yet there's one person that is super obviously going home this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, they have to do this cheese weightlifting competition. Rachel invites them all to take off their shirts and hopefully dust them with oil and sunscreen. You know, I was glad that she did take some proper sun safety precautions. Well, it's funny because she's like, take off your shirts, which will protect you from the sun and from the heavy yoke that's about to be on your shoulders. And I will put on some grease, a light dusting of of grease that will protect you only from the sun and every other part of you will get shredded um, because I just want to look at your abs. So they have like basically, yeah, like these big yokes over their shoulders with two like dangling platforms on uh, one on each side that wheels of cheese are loaded onto. So you start with one cheese and you You have to stand. You work your way up. You work your way up. It's an endurance competition. You stand with the cheeses. And then once you make it through a round, you take a break. They load another cheese on each side. It seems like it's really hard on the skin. I felt so bad for Tyler, who's also the only one standing in direct sunlight during this. So he's getting like really sweaty. And as a sweaty person myself, I I was really feeling for him. Yeah. And the, yeah, the yolks are just like sliding off of his shoulders. Giant shoulders. And he's he's getting all cut up. Yeah. They're all just like wounded by the end. (laughs) They're like scraped around the hands and shoulders from trying to keep the yolks on. They definitely should have kept their shirts on. This was a huge mistake. And so Tyler finally has to drop out because it literally slips off his shoulders on a. And then Avon's like, well, one person, but I'm done. done. Yeah, this is not worth it. Uh, This leaves Tino and Ethan and Tino motivated by pure love Love. and possessiveness just edges Ethan. I was impressed that I was like, this is this looks horrible. Yeah. Uh, well, they held it for a long time. When you're on the construction site, sometimes you do have to hold um, things over your shoulder for for a long, long time. Sure. And I'm like, what is Ethan doing in New York City it's to probably, get this? Probably just going to CrossFit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and so she rewards Tino with a kiss and a shoulder rub. And then she, I mean, she's she's Nurse Rachel now. She has to attend to all the men who are wounded, lifting cheese in her honor. Which like, is Ethan is like them. collapsed. Like <laughs> Tyler's covered in bandages. Like they're not okay. She's like, this is what I wanted was for men to 
be willing to risk bodily harm for my love. And it's finally happening. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with the rest of the episode. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. It's time for the night date. Rachel tells them that the rose tonight is super important because family is important. Shit's getting real. Families are involved. And she still has such strong connections with all of the men. Again, except except for Ethan. Like, I think we all know what's happening this episode. 
Tino had a good day. He was also, I should mention, named the Cheese King of Adam and was awarded um, like a, a special cloak and got a lot of kisses. So he he had a good a good outing. He's like, that's not enough for me. I enough. need this group date, Rose. I've earned this yeah. group date, Rose. especially after the vulnerability he pulls out on his on this date. My God. But first, Avon grabs her and he's like. I'm ready for the next step. I'd be honored for you to meet my parents. She asks if he's ever brought a girlfriend home. And he says, yes. And yeah, there have been rough patches. Like my first girlfriend, my dad, like really didn't think was a good fit for me. And then my last girlfriend, like my mom didn't think she was a good fit for me. And Rachel's like, oh shit. Like, okay. Rachel's like, oh yay. That'll be fun for me. He's like, no, but I'm sure my parents will love you and how I am with you. And it's like, yeah, of course you're going to say that. Like, no one's ever like, oh, man, my parents are going to hate you. <laughs> Get excited. And Tyler uh, then talks to Rachel and tells her how uncomfortable he was seeing Tino get all of those kisses at the end of the group date. And he's like, you know, you're on your own journey. But when you see it, it sucks. And Rachel's like, yeah, she sort of apologizes. And she's like, what you're feeling is, I can tell, is so real. And what I'm feeling is real. And I feel confident in our connection. And then Tyler tells her that he's ready to bring oh her God. home. And then he reveals that his parents said to him, if you bring another girl home and she's not the last girl you bring home, don't bring her. What? I. This is like of all, an incredibly revealing thing to say. This is revealing about him and about his parents. And right. like, it's all concerning. Like, first of all, it's weird to shame your kid and be like, if you like happen to think another person is serious enough to meet us and then like you leave them or they leave you, that's a failure. Yeah. I mean, truly, like I was like, I don't know who is behaving more abnormally here, Tyler or his parents, but it it's probably interconnected in the sense that like when he starts dating someone, he feels like they have to be the one because his yes. parents expect that person to be the one. And like, like it, maybe you can just introduce your parents to people and maybe the relationship ends. Maybe it doesn't either way. Or maybe, or is it that, or is it that he, they are like, you keep getting into like relationships and That's immediately true. being obsessed and being like that she's the one. And then like two They're weeks like, later, you it's just over. need to tone it down. Yeah. Like maybe just try casually dating and not bringing every single girl to like our family <laughs> reunion. Oh God. Well, either way, it's concerning to me. I don't know. There is something concerning going on here. That is not a normal thing to have to say to your 25-year-old son. And what is Rachel supposed to do with that information? Right. She's just like, haha, great. She doesn't seem concerned by this. Um, she he tells her he's happy every day to be there and he's falling so hard for her because she's I'm everything like, you ever asked for from someone. From everything I am learning, you telling someone you're falling hard for them. I just don't know how much that means. Did you buy me a house, Tyler? Like, if not, I frankly don't want to hear it. Like, how how unique is this falling? Right. How many people have you fallen for? It seems like that's kind of your hobby at this point, just based on the little clues I'm picking up. Uh, then Ethan talks to Rachel and is like, family is the most important thing to me as well. And having gotten to know you, you mean the world to me as well. 
And he's like, I want to introduce you to my family. I was waiting for the right person to open my heart up to, and it's you. And they <sighs> make out. Ugh, I like Ethan. I just like we haven't gotten a chance to really see any any conversation between them that isn't essentially just him being like, Rachel, you're great. I'm so happy to be here. And so it's like, like, you're nice too. And then they make out. Like there clearly is an attraction and an affection. I did feel like from, you know, we'll talk about this when we get to his exit, but it did feel like Rachel was like, this is a person that I just really like. And he makes me feel calm and he's not a dick. And like, I enjoy having, and we often see leads keep that kind of person around until right before hometowns. They're just like, yeah. this is a person I don't just that doesn't stress me out. And there's something so beautiful in, in a in a way about how the bachelor and the bachelorette turns being like strung along um by someone who's not really interested in you into money. It's like now right. you've been on the show longer, you get to become you get an more famous. I mean, yeah, you can't even be <laughs> mad about it. Right. It's not like, oh, I wasted my time. She was never really into me. It's like now I this get will to... pay dividends. Right. Now I get to go on paradise. And so Ethan goes to sit with Avon at the bar and they reflect on how they're almost at hometowns. They're sizing up the competition. They're like, wow, Tino, he's a front runner and he got crowned. The cheese king today. Guy stays winning, says Ethan. So they're all feeling like Tino really has the upper hand. And our front runner is now getting time with Rachel. She asks how his family has reacted to girlfriends in the past. And he's like, I'm not worried about it. You leave no doubt in my mind. I haven't had a doubt in weeks. Uh, they kiss. And Tino's immediately like, I nailed it. I hit it out of the park. He's like, I'm expecting the rose because I literally think I'm her person. Also, Tino, do you understand this is a TV show? If you are sure you're her person, you're absolutely not getting the rose. You're too confident. They they sense weakness. They sense your, yeah. your inflated sense of like, I'm winning and they're right. going to knock you down. Because there's so much more time left. They can't have you feeling completely certain for the next like four episodes. And other people need reassurance too so that they'll stay invested. Also like, I'm just like, have you seen, I know he's seen this show. He's he's posted about it on social media in the past. Like this is just how it works. The The person who wins doesn't always get every group date rose. <laughs> or like, you know, they don't win everything. You just have to like kind of hang tight and stay the course. I just, I was so frustrated by how this date went. Um, also, given the preview of hometown dates, him saying that he's not worried about how his family will react to her at all seems a little overconfident. Overconfident. Yeah. At the end of the party, Rachel picks up the rose and is like, I want to give it to someone who continues to make me feel incredible. And I could not be more confident about meeting their family, Tyler. This was actually a bizarre choice to me, given what he said in their one-on-one time. (laughs) I think that production was just like, Rachel, he really needs, he's feeling super insecure. Yeah. Tino knows that you're like into him. Like, it was kind of just like Tino and Avon. It's obvious. Yeah. Give, to us. Give, give Tyler a little something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But I would this just, just be questioning meeting his family at all after what he said. That sounds like a prime scenario for you to walk in and have them be like, oh, another girl, Tyler. Really? Well, You're going to marry I her? I do think something is not going to go right. Mm-hmm. I did watch the promo a few times and. Oh, boy. I think that something's going to. Another bad be week for Rachel. How hinky. original. Yeah, exactly. But this just completely derails Tino. Like he was feeling so confident and all of a sudden he's just having a full meltdown. He's like. I don't get it. Seriously, I hit I hit every point today. Had all the amazing moments. Like Tino, no. This I is, just this can't is the see- thing. You can treat the Bachelorette as a sport, uh, Game of Roses style, but like talking about it like you're deconstructing game tape on the show is is part of not playing the game well. Right. That's actually playing the game poorly. You have to yeah. t- keep your head in the game and the game is like love tino right you're just melting down you can't be out there on the field being like i've been i've been dribbling so good why am i not winning the game you know it doesn't have the impact that you might hope hope it would no you got to stay in the flow state you know just let it happen he retreats. I, I'll say this is a less private pouting. Oh, than this before. is so funny, actually, though. He turns to Tyler <laughs> while they're all sitting there and says, congrats, seriously. And then he immediately gets up and, like, stalks off. And all the men are like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, they are not impressed. They're like, he's our bro, but, like, this is, he's yeah. being a baby. And we see him in the hallway, like, swirling a giant glass of red wine <laughs> Clearly talking to his producer, and we have a clip of part of this conversation. Like getting it after I crushed today, and that would be like I'm rolling into hometown that I'm about to put Zach out, or Avon out, or anybody else who tries to in these waters. You're toast. Done. Let's roll. Tino's acting like a real baby back bitch. Yeah. I mean, won the day. You know. <laughs> I'd be feeling pretty good about myself if I won today. You didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I still got a better attitude about it, you know. <laughs> Poor sweet Ethan. Yeah. Ethan's just like, yeah, I didn't win anything. And obviously Tino is making it to hometowns. And like, I'm not sitting here like being rude to everyone well, else. Yeah, because he doesn't really love Rachel and want to win her as much as Tino does. Oh, it's just that it's giving me that like Sean Booth meltdown energy. And I yeah. just, I don't love it. It's, it truly, it's like, I can't, I can't let go and accept situation. There has to be a level of winning or, or machismo I can like display that will just get me my woman right now. And I do think that to Tino's credit, he's, it is different from Sean Booth. Like, he is more able to reflect and, I think, bounce back than, say, like, a Sean Booth was. But I just, I, I didn't love this showing from him. And it it was, like, as Ethan kind of says the next morning, like, it's rude to the other men to behave in this way. Yeah, I I get it. I get that they're deep in it. I was hard on Tino last week, and... After seeing this week, I st- I stand by that he's not coping uh, maturely at all, and that doesn't like, mean we hate Tino. But, this is just not a great look for him, right? And I get I get it. Like you're, he's like the fear is that I'm falling really hard for her, and she's not. He's, he's feeling insecure, and he's right. feeling like he he is worried, which I do understand. 
that he's read the situation wrong. And I think, and look, this is what the show trades on, right? Like they want to make you think that you're reading the situation wrong. And the truth is like, he's actually not. I think Rachel is the most into him. Yeah, but yeah, I think she sees she the way that she is with him and the reassurance she has given him. I do see him as the front runner since the beginning, Um, but he could completely lose his grip on that if he doesn't reel it in. He needs to get it together. Yeah, Um, and this is something we just see more with men, like that they they are uncomfortable with not being able to just like stake their claim, make it happen. If and be they, done. If they think they're winning and then they have to wait too long for the show to be over, they just completely lose their grip. Um, and so Tino is struggling. Meanwhile, Jesse is coming in to check on Gabby before Rose Ceremony Night. He's like, how are you feeling? And I thought that she was going to be like, oh, you know, I had a little dry cough, but it's really clearing up. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> emotionally i'm feeling better i don't understand their covid procedures they should all they don't be want afraid of having know. covid right now and she's like i need more time to weigh my options so much thinking to do she's not gonna get any more time with the guys i guess no like just... cocktail party like i don't understand also this conversation didn't really tell any tell us anything except that i guess like logan's gone right which they should have told us before yeah so I have questions. Ethan has decided to address what happened with Tino. You mean him being a baby back bitch? Yeah. Apparently, we've been informed um, by our old producer, Harry, that this is from the the Adam Sandler film, The Longest Yard, which I've never I'm going to be honest that that reference did not land for me. Yeah. Um, but I just want all of you to know that <laughs> that we have heard where it's from. So they're sitting on the deck of the ship and Ethan is like, I don't want to invalidate your feelings, but we did take some disrespect to you walking off. Tina's like, yeah, you're right. I should have been there. I was, you know, I was having a hard time. And Ethan's like, but you had a good day though, right? Cheese King. And (laughs) Tina's like, yeah, but like then that night I felt like a new level of vulnerability, not just with her, but with anyone. And not getting the rose inevitably draws certain insecurities. Like, is she not as sure as I am or as as I want her to be? And Ethan's like, "Mm." yeah. And this is where we get that, yeah, Tino kind of articulates to the camera what we were saying earlier. Like, he's just not sure if he's reading the situation. Like, he's starting to doubt his own read on Rachel's emotions. And I do, I can understand why that would feel very destabilizing. And that is just, simply what a reality show is going to do to you, which is just yet another reason I would never go on a reality dating show. This Maybe this is counterintuitive, but to me, I was really annoyed that last week, was it last week? I'm losing track of time. That Tino took a day that was really hard for Rachel and made it into something that was unfair to him. Yeah. That bothered me, but it wouldn't actually bother me as much if he went to Rachel now and was like, you know, I'm actually struggling right now because you mean so much to me. And like, am I reading this wrong? Right. Like, I understand being like the value of being vulnerable with your own feelings through the process. And I think 
it's okay for him to need some more validation. Um, yeah. Even if he's getting like almost all of the validation, like maybe he still needs more and like you can be transparent about that. Um, but he, he's not, he's not sure how to handle it right now, I think. And he's struggling. I just hope he can rein it in before a true like five alarm meltdown like we saw on Katie's season. Oh, God. I don't want that to happen again. And this brings us to the rose ceremony. Oh, my God. We're we're there. We're We're there. there. And the women are once again in their furry capes because it is freezing. And you need a furry cape. Gabby. And Gabby's men are like kind of confused but hopeful, right? Because there's only four of them left. We know that Logan has been disappeared by COVID. Uh, Rachel has five men left. Two of them already have roses. None of Gabby's men have roses. And Spencer's kind of like, maybe I just like got a hometown by default. Like there are usually four hometowns. And I too, if I was them, I would expect that too. That like there's four of us. They're not going to cut a whole hometown. Yeah. But I think they're looking to trim the fat a little bit because they have all of Rachel's hometowns as well. Yeah, they're like, they're like, we got to film a lot of hometowns. Yeah. So Gabby starts by announcing that she doesn't feel comfortable meeting four men's families. She's only ready to give out three roses. And they go to Eric, Jason, and Johnny. I mean, honestly, this makes sense to me. Like, if she was going to give out a fourth hometown rose, I just think it would have been to Nate. Yeah. And once that wasn't happening, it's like she doesn't have the same relationship with Spencer or with Logan. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, once if if you made it to this week and some other guy got a second one-on-one before you got your first one, you're not going to hometowns. No. Like, it's just not – clearly, they're not investing their time in you. And Rachel has two guys with roses, Zach and Tyler. And she – offers her remaining two roses to Avon and Tino. She really I knew they Tino were going to make for it. I know. I was going to say I knew they were going to make Tino sweat it as long as possible, but it's again very obvious that Ethan's going to be going home. Like it would be so weird if she was like Tino, you're going home. Right. Ethan, let's head to home downs. Yeah, it just doesn't track. So, going home are Spencer and Ethan. They both say their goodbyes. And then Gabby and Rachel head down to see their finalists. Everyone is like so totally stoked for hometowns. And then we get a preview. And my main takeaway is that Rachel is going to get grilled at Tino's hometown. Oh, yeah. His dad. I was like, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of this man's questions or like accusations. I don't know. He just seems he's like ready to be kind of hostile to Rachel from what we saw. I will say that as always, there are like a lot of shots that are spliced together as though they answer each other. Um, But I, I did watch this a few times and I noticed a couple of things. One was that there's like a shot of her crying in the car and it was cut to look as though she is talking about Tino's hometown. Um, But from the outfit she's wearing, this was actually Tyler's like she's saying like oh to get all of this information now 
And so it is does it about his 17 ex fiancés. It does make me think that like there is going to something's going to be weird about that hometown and that Tyler is going to go mm. home. That is kind of what that looked like to me. The other takeaway I had was that there is like a shot of her like Zach says I'm falling in love with you. And then there's a shot right after and she's like, I've been falling in love with you. And so it looks like it's answering Zach. But in fact, from the outfit, it is Tino's date. (gasps) So I wonder if like Tino's date is awkward, but less traumatic than it looks that like it ends, it ends on a good note and Tyler's is more traumatic. Or possibly Tino, I mean... Yeah, I guess I wasn't keeping track of the outfits. I don't know. I was being, I really like got curious because I noticed there was just a burgundy shirt that I was like, oh, that's not what she was wearing and that other thing. And then I watched it a few times. So you're a little detective. I know. Um, Clearly, clearly Rachel is going to get grilled at Tino's hometown. Like we, we saw that, but there's going to be other drama that we're not being shown and it seems like she's going to express her feelings and give Tino that validation that he's kind of been seeking. Maybe, maybe write this sinking ship. Exactly. Uh, and then we got the credit sequence, which I really enjoyed as a fellow short girl, Rachel's bike seat has been set entirely too high, which is a real production error. And she is like falling over trying to get onto this bike and Zach's like, oh, you need training wheels. She's like, no, that just. No, I need a smaller I bike. Need a smaller bike that fits my height. <laughs> Relatable. I think that brings us to love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start with love to see it. This maybe is a weird thing to say that I love to see. But I did, in a sense, love to see Gabby and Nate's really mature breakup, like Gabby's ability to be really honest with herself and with the person she's dating about the ways in which, you know, their lives just won't mesh out outside of this really constructed world. And also Nate's ability to receive that information with grace and without kind of lashing out or anger, which is a low bar, but often is something that we see at this point in in the game. I love to see Rachel's giant sleeves. Oh, they're so good. It's just, oh, with the slicked back, the sort of sleek hair. It was just so good. So good. The drama that she deserves from an outfit. (laughs) Exactly. I also, of course, love to see Rachel and Zach just giddily bonding over therapy and joyfully discussing how they will be continuing it. And I just, I want that for everyone who comes off of this show. (laughs) Indefinite therapy for everyone. I love to see Ethan calmly calling Kino out for his immature behavior. I always love it when the guys just like check each other, just like in a chill way. Yeah. That sucked. And Tino's like, you're right. Yeah, that did kind of suck. But also my feelings are just so important. But you're right. I'm sorry. It was it was a very it was a very mature conversation, all things yeah. considered. And uh Ethan's breakup with Rachel also also mature and sweet. And they are clearly friends. And I hope that Ethan gets some sweet paradise time after offering that steady, steady emotional hand. And now hate to see it. Once again, uh, hate to see the show 
just showcasing not fat contestants or positive depictions of fatness ever, but another story about how existing in a larger body is a trauma that needed to be overcome in order to become lovable um, by oneself or others. It's just um, dehumanizing. It really highlights the lack of body diversity on this show. And as much as like our hearts go out to Zach and, you know, the clearly real emotional um, suffering that he is dealing with, um, I just, we just continue to find it really troubling that those are the only depictions or discussions of fatness on this show. Yeah, it's just another reminder that this show needs to do better when it comes to casting people who exist in, in larger bodies and... Um, yeah, that's that's not on Zach. That's on the show as a whole. And so, like, we want to just kind of hold them hold them to account on that. We also hate to see Jesse's very odd refusal or the show's odd refusal in the way they cut it to just like tell Gabby's dudes they'd been exposed to COVID, and that's why Logan is just like no longer there. It's I love bad storytelling and uh, truly bizarre from a public health. Yeah, bad public health model. It's like here's a fun new way to tell your friends that you've been that you have covid after There's you been were a situation, Claire. There's been a situation and um I will not be joining you this evening and then just let people draw their own conclusions about what that might mean. Have I been exposed to covid? I don't know. It sounds like maybe. <laughs> Also hate to see the most anticlimactic villain exit, like, ever. Logan, we hope you've recovered, and we wish that you had had uh, an exit more fitting of the drama you brought to the show. Exactly. I just can only assume he was shipped right to the balmy waters of Mexico um, right after he recovered. That's the best time to go to paradise is right after you've had COVID. Yeah, everyone's going to want to make out with Logan. He's like, I had COVID like three weeks ago. I'm so safe. The best antibodies in the game. Yeah. We also hate to see Tino lashing out and like being kind of rude to other men because he didn't get the group date rose. Again, we completely understand feeling insecure and this is like a situation that is bred to like amplify those feelings but it it just sucks to see him lashing out and I hope that he can steal himself and like get through the rest of the season without completely melting down and and taking those insecurities out on Rachel also hate to see just the overall abysmal storytelling in this episode nothing made sense no i was <laughs> confused again it might have been a little bit the food poisoning but i i'm gonna don't say it, it wasn't it wasn't because i was very confused too and of course we have to rate this episode for its bff energy rating out of 10 friendship bracelets was this like our lowest ever we hardly got to see them together they well, uh, neither of them had a big enough crisis that they really had to comfort each other or plan for revenge together. They simply There's got no double to have one very sweet cappuccino, and yeah. for that, I'll give them five friendship bracelets. But I yeah. crave more. Five because we love their friendship, but 
you know, if this were like a, a, a friend, a, a buddy movie, I would be like, not enough buddy, you know? Exactly. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please follow the show, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, tell all your friends about our show. If you want to get in touch, you can always email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for those so, so important hometown dates. Stitcher. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.